You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody, it's Jack Barksdale. Welcome to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today, I'm here with Adam Carroll, and I'm super excited for this interview. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, how are you, Adam? Oh, I'm doing pretty good today, Jack. I can't, you know, can't complain. It's kind of hot, as you know, here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we have air conditioner, so I'm glad for that. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just get right into it. I, I feel like a, a, a good uh, first question to ask always is, uh, you know, when and, and why uh, did you start guitar playing, you know, songwriting, performing, uh, all that stuff? Um, well, let's see. Um, I, my mom gave me her classical guitar. My mom is a, uh, is a, is a, a flutist or flautist, some people mm-hmm. say. And also, uh, she had choirs, uh, growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, and, uh, I was in, I think one of them, maybe a couple. Mm-hmm. But, um, so my mom's side of the family is very musical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I and I took piano lessons, but uh, she gave me her classical guitar that she had in college, I think, mm-hmm. and then I I took it with me to a a uh, I finished high school at a at a private school in North Carolina, mm-hmm. which was near uh, uh, near Boone, North Carolina, which is kind of in the Appalachian mm-hmm. Mountains, you know. Yeah, and uh, and one of my roommates. Uh, was a guitar player, but just about that same time I discovered, I just listened to music in my, in my dorm room just all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just bought all these records and I, and I listened to a lot of Joe Walsh records mm-hmm. and I wanted to, and I just couldn't believe, I just thought he was such a cool guitar player, you know, uh-huh. but also I heard, I just, I bought Neil Young's Harvest and, and I just listened to that all the time and, mm-hmm. And, uh, so I wanted, I think I wanted to learn how to do that kind of music, Jack. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just didn't know how, uh, and so my roommate taught me a couple of chords. He was Mm -hmm. this guy from, from uh, Japan and he knew a lot of Beatles songs and a lot of REM and he taught me some chords. He had a, Mm -hmm. he had a, uh, gosh, I can't remember that kind of guitar. It's like such an obvious name, but, uh. But I'll think of it in a minute. But anyway, uh, that was like, and then I took, after he showed me those chords and stuff, I took my mom's um, guitar and I started trying to learn Neil Young songs on it mm-hmm. just for what he showed me. And there was a, a guitar teacher there too, but I only mm-hmm. took a few lessons. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I came, I went to junior college in Tyler where I grew up. And uh, and then I, I taught, I took guitar from a, a a really good guitar teacher there, mm-hmm. classical guitar. Um, and I studied that, but then around that same time, I was, I was learning about all the singer songwriters that you and I love so much. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, and I, and, um, and then I also took creative writing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of melded those two together. Um, and so that's how come I learned, I want, you know, I learned, uh, you know, uh, then I started writing my own songs and learning Guy Clark songs and Robert Earl Keane songs. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, uh, as far as why, um, that's how it happened basically. And why would be just, uh, I just sort of felt called to be involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, um, a passion, a calling. I don't know how to describe it. You know, it was kind of like it took a hold of me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was the first time I saw John Prine that really sealed the deal for me. You know, mm-hmm. I saw John Prine in uh, Dallas. And uh, before I had gone to concerts, the live shows that I saw were really not like the records that, mm-hmm. that, I, that I loved. But John Prine was just like what I heard on his records mm-hmm. and even better, you know. Yeah. And uh, as you know, and so I just... Uh, it's just it was like a bug man i just got bit with the bug mm-hmm. you know and and so to this day i don't know why 
Um, mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't know that it was like meant for me or that that was what I was supposed to be doing. I mean, I, I see you up there and I think, you know, you really, you know, know what you're doing. <laughs> when I, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I, 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 I love doing it and I just felt called to do it, but I didn't know for sure if I would keep doing it. I, I thought at, at times that I might go back to school or something, you know, cause, cause, um, I just didn't know, you know, but I knew that every time I did it, you know, I just kind of fit in, you know? And so mm-hmm. as to the why, that's about the best I, answer I can give. Well, that's really interesting. I'd be really interested to know how your style of songwriting kind of formed because, you know, it's it's very story-oriented and it's, you know, there's just so many great details and the words that you use, it's it's really amazing. Are there, you know, some specific artists that really jump-started your kind of style or, you know, what were kind of some of the key factors that kind of formed your songwriting? So I would say, yeah, I would say John Prine, Guy mm-hmm. Clark, uh, Neil Young, Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had a a record collection that I borrowed f- from him, you know, and he had a lot of uh, outlaw country stuff and Jimmy Rogers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, as far as like, uh, I think he had a he had John Prine's greatest hits album. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's the one that really hooked me on, uh, on prime there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see, I guess I would say that my dad loves, love to tell stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were interesting to me and they would tell me stories about, you know, the area that we grew up in and family members and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think that I kind of, related that to the music of like John Prine and Guy Clark and stuff. And, and so I kind of took those two things and started trying to write my own. I think the the first couple of songs that I wrote that where I started, they started to make sense mm-hmm. as songs, you know, that the melodies and stuff were all just straight taken from, you know, either Dylan or Butch Hancock or somebody like uh-huh. that. Yeah. You know, almost. And, 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 uh, but I mean, the words are my words, but I would, I think they were pretty much straight, uh, straight up, uh, copies of, uh, songs by those guys melodically, you know, Woody mm-hmm. Guthrie type stuff, you know, and, um, but those were, yeah, those today and they remain my, my strongest, you know, I, in, in, uh, uh, in East, in Tyler, there were, right down the road from my parents' house, they had a, a, a record shop and they had, and Butch Hancock had all these tapes that, that he made himself mm-hmm. and they were for sale in there. And I got all of them. And I had uh-huh. a, I had a job at this coffee shop and I, and they had folk music in there. And so I wanted to, 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 I got the job so I could maybe get a gig in there. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and they had just stopped doing it as soon as I got the get job, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, and, and, uh, so I just had all these, uh, great records and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be like them. And, uh, I met Ray Wiley Hubbard one time. There was a, there was a, a, a venue in Mineola, Texas called the Piney Woods Picking Parlor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went and saw Ray and then they had a afterward, this was probably in about 96, 1996 and they had uh they had uh ray stayed after to jam with some of the guys that ran the venue and i knew some of them mm-hmm. and i played him one song that was called picture show that mm-hmm. you know i'm sure was a you know taken directly from a john prine song although you can't <laughs> as you probably know you can't copyright title so you know yeah i can i could call it that but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first song that I wrote that sounded like, you know, uh, an actual song. I mean, before that I had a lot of words and I knew some guitar, but, the, but mm-hmm. the two weren't really matching up very well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, maybe I could be a, 
you know, maybe I could be an English teacher. I was still taking college classes, you know, so mm-hmm. could I be an English teacher? Could I write short stories? You know, cause I liked all those things. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I would enter, uh, I would, I would, you know, enter, uh, short story, you know, publications, you know, for magazines and stuff. And, you know, um, and I met some folks who went to Kerrville. So I, you know, I went to Kerrville, you know, and, and checked that out. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, uh, as far as forming, it was just kind of like, uh, it was just kind of like the people I met in my area who were into that kind of music. And then also, um, meeting Ray Wiley Hubbard and, and I actually got to tell him, you know, I, I couldn't approach John Prine at the majestic theater in Dallas and say, I want to be like you, uh-huh. you know, but I, I could do it to Ray Wiley. Cause at that time, you know, he was accessible, uh, yeah. at, before a show. And I think he still is. So. I hope that was a, was an accurate answer. I think it was kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but um, uh, well, but I would say yeah, we got the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's really awesome. Some of the really cool things about your songwriting is that there's been, you know, you have a lot of kind of musical retellings of uh, of stories, like in uh, your song "Home Again," you talk about you know some Greek mythology. And like in Blondie and Dagwood, it's about a, you know, the comic strip characters. And do you get your inspiration often from things like that? You know, all those songs, um, I was getting that inspiration writing those songs when I when I lived at home with my mom and dad when I was going to college. Mm-hmm. And and they and the Blondie and Dagwood came, I think, kind of from there from them. And mm-hmm. and my dad had a comic book collection of of the history of 20th century comics. It was a he has a really great library, him and my mom. And so they, mm-hmm. you know, I got that, you know, from reading that, that illustration, you know, and, mm-hmm. and looking at, and I love history, you know, so I was looking at all the, the ways that Blondie and Dagwood advanced um, and changed throughout the different decades of, since they were around, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and then the, um, and then the home again was, uh, uh, had a British, or American and British literature teacher in junior college named Nomi Byram. Mm-hmm. And she taught, uh, she taught Greek mythology to us. And I, I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I would, but you know, I would think about it, uh, and she would teach, she would try to teach it as a way to, you know, to relate to our lives, which mm-hmm. is what I think she was saying that it was meant for, cause it was kind of timeless, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I would, uh, whenever I would go hang out with my friends or go to parties or whatever, I would be thinking about that. And then I thought, of, and then I put it into music. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I loved, uh, that those stories and the way she talked about them as being, you know, kind of, uh, trying to relate them to, to a person's life. And mm-hmm. so that's the reason that I, you know, wrote that song. And then, you know, again, just, I was constantly listening to John Prine, constantly listening to, to mm-hmm. Butch Hancock, uh, constantly listening to, uh, you know, Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think one thing, uh, I really like about your writing too, is that it's really pretty poetic and, uh, and, uh, and, and whimsical, uh, you know, you got kind Thank of a you. subtle, yeah, man. Yeah. It's great. Uh, one thing I always had a hard time doing, I feel like is, um, some of the ways that towns can just write those poems, you know, those kind of feelings and images and stuff in a poem. He writes stories too, but he's really good with, with the poetry. And that was something I had a hard time with. So, you know, I was, I'm more of the storytelling type. So, uh, so when there's already a story laid out then you can just kind of, like you said, you can just kind of retell it in your own way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you, uh, noticed that, you know, yeah, I find that really interesting. That's a really cool thing. You know, it, Phil Oaks did something. It was, it was, it was different. It was he would take poems, he would put music to them, and turn them into songs, and it was really cool. He did that a couple times. And oh, I that's thought, way cool. And I thought that was really cool. But I, but I also really like how you kind of how how you retell the story in in your own way, and, instead of just you know kind of reciting it. I think both have really cool uh, parts to them. But I just I always find that stuff really fascinating. And apart from your lyrics, you're also just a really great musician. 
I feel like that's one of the really fun parts about uh, seeing you live, listening to your records, is that the lyrics are accompanied by really cool music that uh, holds up. It makes it really easy to listen to and really easy to focus on on the story. It's really cool. I feel like that's a really cool thing. You know, not all, not a lot of really great songwriters, you know, have the really good uh, musical skills. You know, a lot of them do, but, you know, a lot of them don't. Was Is that kind of like a, a conscious decision, or did you just, did you just want to do both well? Did you just already do both well and they just fit together? Well, I appreciate that, buddy. Uh, means a lot coming from you, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think, you know, studying the classical guitar, Jack, um, that was kind of how I uh, learned it because, because I didn't really know anything about it before I took mm -hmm. those lessons from this guy. And, um, and he really got me to, you know, kind of, when I played him a Neil Young song on the guitar, mm -hmm. when, when, you know, when I first enrolled and he's like, let's see what you can do, you know? And, and huh. so what, and I was, you know how it is when you're first learning guitar, you're, you're, you know, you're looking at your hands and trying mm -hmm. to figure everything goes. Um, and, uh, he said, well, it's, it looks to me like you're pretty good with your left hand, but your right hand is, uh, you know, so he would have me do these exercises where I wouldn't, I wouldn't chord the left hand. I would just, you know, I would just do stuff with the right hand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, when I, when I started to hear a guy Clark and, and how he would do those kind of classical guitar things on his mm -hmm. guitar, you know, cause I think he first learned on the, like a Spanish guitar or whatever, mm -hmm. or Willie, you know, I could kind of hear that in what I was studying a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, and so some of those those D sevens like the Clark guy Clark does where he you know mm -hmm. where he goes to the bottom end instead of the top and you know that stuff came pretty natural to me because I was you know I was I was studying guitar that way you know mm -hmm. um, and so the first songs that I started to write you know I would finger pick them or I would strum them a little bit and it was all um, and I would I would think I would approach it the way that I studied you know the classical guitar you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, so the, like the finger picking stuff that Towns and Guy do, and and uh, so many others, you know, was kind of how I started learning to. And Robert Earl, you know, is kind of how I started learning to. And Ray, you know, and and uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure Lucinda Williams was is a finger picker or not, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, Terry Hendricks, you know, great finger picker, mm -hmm. uh, great finger picker. Uh, but uh, I just. Um, you know, it, it wasn't really a conscious decision. I don't think Jack, it was just, you know, you know, I listened to their, their songs and I, you know, approached it from that classical guitar, you know, standpoint mm -hmm. so that, so that, you know, some people see that or saw that, you know, and we're, and we're saying, you know, did you study classical guitar, you know, but, um, but to this day, I, back then I could remember some of the stuff that I learned you know, mm -hmm. but to this day, I've forgotten all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten it all. And, and, and it, you know, and I, I'm not very good with the music theory. So I had to find something that I could do that wasn't so hard for me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, the other thing I would just say is that, is that, um, I mean, watching you is really inspiring for guitar playing and, um, but I, but watching, um, guitar players who accompany songwriters for all these years mm -hmm. has helped me, um, so, you know, try to pick that up a little bit. So I watched what mm -hmm. they would do. And so I can kind of incorporate some of that, um, when Chris and I play, you know, mm -hmm. and I would do it too when I played solo, but on the fly playing with other people can't do it. Uh, but I can, but I can, I can work, I can work out a part if I have enough time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. You've been performing your your music for I mean for more than twenty years now, and you've had a really really cool career and had all these great albums, all these great songs. I would say, what do you think are some of the kind of defining moments in your career that kind of shape where you are today? Right, um, man. I I would. Uh... You know, gosh, uh, that gig you and I did 
at Corville's is pretty awesome. I have to say that's a high high point for me. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm. Thank you for doing that with us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I would just say uh, to that, just I guess you know, getting all those gigs at Cheatham Street Warehouse in San Marcos with Kent Finley, that would, you know, that was something that really shaped shaped my career because uh because he would have me in there whether anybody came or not to the show mm -hmm. you know which was mm -hmm. a lot a lot of often you know mm -hmm. um and he would put me together with you know slade cleaves and terry hendrix and T one time St todd snyder i mean oh, wow. things that i would never get to do otherwise you know <laughs> he would just put me in these song swaps with these people mm -hmm. um and then, you know, to be able to do be that way, to be with those folks, uh, <laughs> was pretty awesome. Uh, and then, you know, because I'd only, especially with Todd, you know, I'd only heard his records. I never met him, you know. So mm -hmm. to 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 actually meet him, and he, you know, and and it was because of Kent, because Kent was kind of a mentor to him, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 kent was just such a he was so important to so many songwriters around here mm -hmm. and uh you know i think that uh meeting lloyd mains at at uh definitely at the terry uh, uh at the uh, sorry larry joe taylor uh chili cook-off that was in uh, 1997 i guess mm -hmm. and i got uh there was like a guest spot for new artists or whatever and this dj in, in dallas k9 called himself little john he uh i think he's still around i don't know but he he uh heard my music he was a judge at uh at, at, a, at the poor david's pub uh songwriter contest mm -hmm. and i entered and i and i gave david a couple of my songs and uh so i entered that and then because he I didn't win the contest, but because he got to hear me, uh, I got to go to Larry Joe's mm -hmm. and then, uh, and play. And then Lloyd and Terry were there. And I think that was one of their first gigs. Maybe I'm not, but they, uh, but Lloyd was like just blown away. And, uh, and, and again, uh, you know, uh, meeting Lloyd and having all those sounds and all those albums that I'd, loved that there was that person that made a lot of them you know and 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 uh and i had met him once before at, at a joe ely show and was the first like person that it was like oh you know this person is is a normal person and, and just kind of is nice and yeah um so definitely that was a defining moment for me is is getting connected with him and mm -hmm. then uh you know ever since then he's never ever he's always you know he so loved those songs mm -hmm. that uh he just wanted to produce those songs and so you know i have a hard time with self-confidence and so you know having him say that they're really good songs i mean i didn't know i didn't really know maybe i did know i mean i, I think they're good but i didn't know that then i didn't know but he said they were and that was a defining thing you know having him believe in it so much mm -hmm. um and so that I think maybe would be the defining um, aspects is is the is is Lloyd's mentorship and mm -hmm. uh, belief in my songs, and then Kent Finley's, uh, you know, the same with Kent, just helping me with meeting people around here and getting me gigs and stuff. You know, those are kind of the two defining moments. I mean, I've had a lot of good opportunities to play shows. Mm -hmm. I've never really gotten uh, uh, as well known as some of some of my friends, but uh, or our friends. But I feel like uh, um, I feel like my songs are something that I ha have to uh, be responsible for, you know. Mm -hmm. So that I, you know, so that when I'm no longer here, I have to make sure they're still there, you know. Yeah. And somebody hears them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, me and Chris don't have any kids, and so when I'm gone, uh, the songs will be all that's left, you know. Mm -hmm. So I got to make sure that while I'm still here, I get, you know, I get them out there, and it always uh, means a lot to me that other people want to sing them 
when they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the def- yeah, defining moments would just be those two things, and mm-hmm. and meeting Terry Hendricks too at that festival. She 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 told me that I had to go to Austin, or you know, I couldn't just stay at my parents' house, you know, because the music wouldn't really, you know, it wouldn't come to me. I had to go and and kind of seek it out, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, she, she helped me take that chance. Actually, Corey Morrow mm-hmm. um, uh, needed a roommate, so he he gave me a <laughs> place at his place, <laughs> and uh, and started giving me gigs at his gigs, uh, mm-hmm. which we don't really have the same crowd as I'm sure you might imagine, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, but he didn't have to do that. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm at Owen temple, uh, and, and Corey and Roger Craiger and those folks. And mm-hmm. so all the college crowds that they had, you know, a lot of those people heard my songs first through, through them. So if it wasn't for them, you know, I, I would just be sitting around Austin with, with uh, nothing to do, mm-hmm. which, uh, which I did, you know, quite a bit. Uh, but I, but I got, but they let me on their gigs and, uh, and that, uh, started getting me an audience. So when I first, when I went out on my own and moved to San Marcos and, you know, I started, you know, I got a, my foot in the door through all those, you know, through all those people. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd like to talk a little bit, a little bit more about Lloyd Maines because he's produced a lot of your albums and as you said he's been a, a mentor of yours what is it kind of like having lloyd mains produce your 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 albums what has it kind of been like what does he like how much of it does he do you know right um well it, you know um the uh the first one the very first album south mm-hmm. of town that i did mm-hmm. um that he did that he produced yeah was uh just kind of hands-on he um i think he knew that i was you know younger and shy and not really sure Mm -hmm. what i so he did he you know there was drums and bass and Mm -hmm. he was just excited about the songs it was new for him i think Mm -hmm. and uh he wanted to you know to do it and so he played on a lot of things you know and he Mm -hmm. You know, I think I remember we listened to a Tom Waits record, and mm-hmm. and he heard a, a bass drum, and he put a kick drum on a, one of the songs because of because of that record that I had in my car. Uh-huh. You know, so he's just real open to uh, to things. You know, mm-hmm. you know, but but I had a hard time playing with a click track, so with the drums, he would really have to work with me on that. Yeah. But uh, you know, as we kept going, and the second album, you know, Screen Door, mm-hmm. was mostly just me in the guitar Mm -hmm. so i don't think we had a click track on that one Mm -hmm. um but uh what he always has done is just put me in a booth uh and and get get my songs down with guitar and and vocal and harmonica and then he would you know overdub things because i think he wanted me to sound just like i would at a show Mm -hmm. you know playing for the most part um so what I think what he does, you know, uh, in addition to being able to play pretty much any instrument, you know, any stringed instrument, any, I mean, you, you know yeah. how he is, uh-huh. um, is that he, he's kind of like a, like he really listens to the words, mm-hmm. like, like, um, like on a couple of songs, um, if there was something that I said that in a song that sounded kind of kind of out of out of place or mm-hmm. he said well maybe why don't you try singing it like this or or you know why don't you you know why don't you try this guitar lick or this mm-hmm. this chord instead you know he would always make suggestions to kick it up a notch you know mm-hmm. um, but nothing that would uh that would change my style or anything you know mm-hmm. so i feel like that that he's always listening to the words so mm-hmm. much you know that's really cool yeah yeah, and and then I think also he just plays so many instruments that, uh, you know, he would, you know, you you get the the full thing there of he can pretty much do it all, you know. So you don't need a whole lot of other uh, people on the album, mm-hmm. but he always brings the best people to, you know, but you know, Glenn or Fukunaga or or Paul mm-hmm. Piercy on the drums, you know. But uh, I think the as as we kept have kept making albums it's kind of evolved um 
a little bit to where it's pretty much the same as I described on the first one, except for that uh, mm -hmm. I know a little bit more about what I want to hear on it. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll be able to tell him, um, you know, make suggestions to him. Mm -hmm. Whereas on that first album, you know, he told me everything because I didn't know anything, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so, but the, but the, uh, and I don't know how much I know now, but the first, but like, I, I remember this one we did in his, at his house and, you know, he has a little home studio mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was trying to explain something to him and he, and he was cool with it. You know, I was asking him if he could make this kind of sound on the guitar I was like, can you can you play like a Neil Young steel guitar sound? And and, and I thought, well, he's just going to play a Lloyd Main steel guitar sound, you know. But he put a he's like, I heard what you said, and so I put this on there, and it's and it sounded a lot, you know. He was listening to me, mm -hmm. and uh, but the other thing is, is that at one point in that process of making that record, you know, I just said, you know, I was telling him this, that, and the other, and he's like, look, man, just trust me and let me build this, okay? Let me let mm -hmm. me build it, you know. So when I would just say that you know when i when you have a producer when i it it helped me remember that that's his job and mm -hmm. not really um you know i'm my my job is to is to just go there and give the best takes of the songs that i can mm -hmm. you know the very last albums that we did with the the solo record i did the red one and then chris mm -hmm. and i did the good farmer we did both of those in two days and that solo record uh I, I did I did ten songs in one day, and mm -hmm. that was just because I was so accustomed to working with Lloyd, and I was and I was so confident mm -hmm. that I just I just was able to do that, and uh, he was amazed. He was like, "This doesn't you just had your shit together, and then we got it all done, you know." But mm -hmm. I, but when I made that first album, I would never have been able to do that. I mean, it took several sessions, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, several takes for me to be confident enough to to do that but by this last one you know i was i was pretty sure of myself <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i yeah. find i find y'all to be really great collaborators but you you have uh done some some albums without lloyd and uh, one of them was old town rock and roll and uh, that was produced uh by scott nolan who i've interviewed here uh before what was kind of the process like for that album because it, it's really stripped down it's a really cool uh, kind of different feel. So what was that like? Well, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a, uh, a risk that we all took, I think, because, um, it was kind of a feel thing for me because I, um, I had these song ideas and then I had been playing a lot with Scott mm -hmm. in Canada and, and in, here in Texas. And then also, uh, with Roger Marin, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, uh, you know, just, and I went on tour with Scott, uh, in Canada once and then just hanging out with him. And I just liked hanging around him, you know, and, and just mm -hmm. his, uh, musical ideas are just so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, you know, thought, well, Hey, maybe we should make a record. And, uh, cause mm -hmm. he wanted to, mm -hmm. and, um, and I, and I thought, well, you know, I kind of got a, a, a set way of doing it. I got my, you know, favorite producer and stuff. And, mm -hmm. but then I thought, well, maybe these songs can be kind of a reflection of, of kind of where I'm, where I was at then with, with playing with Scott and, and, mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, our buddy, Mark Youngers, who lives down the road here, mm -hmm. you know, we did it in his studio, his house and his garage. And that was one that, that was the opposite of, of working with Lloyd where everything, everything uh is kind of together that was uh that took like almost like s six weeks mm -hmm. to do that and uh and it was fun and it was cool and it was creative and i finished a lot of the songs during the re recording project you know yeah. but uh but i don't know that it was uh a very good thing to do to someone's uh uh personal life because uh uh i don't i don't know if mark and his wife were uh prepared for uh having all these people uh living <laughs> at their house for for all that time <laughs> you know because some of the stuff we did in the garage and he, he we'd have to like 
he was talking about it. He had to, Scott would have to like, his buddy Joanna that played drums, he would have to move her around uh-huh. on the floor with a carpet just so they could keep the sound from, you know, from bleeding too much in the garage, uh-huh. you know? So it was a really crazy thing, but it was, but I find, I found that a lot of musicians liked it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think maybe cause, cause I had really good songs on it mm-hmm. that, uh, people just liked it, you know, but, um, but it was uh, it was fun and different, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm glad that I had that experience. You know, um, I don't know that I would uh, ever be able to do a record here. I mean, I think Chris is is pretty good, and mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know about producing anything myself. I maybe, but I, I think it would be hard to 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 do it to your own songs. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel I feel like it's good to have an outsider to. Yeah. about stuff off of you know yeah that's uh that's really interesting you know you've you've got all these really great albums you've been in the musical industry for uh, a long time now how has both the industry and the process of releasing an album changed from like your first album in uh, i believe 1998 to uh your most recent in 2019. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I put that first one out, um, you know, Lloyd, you know, I really wanted to get a, you know, I was, I had some mentors, I had Lloyd, I had Kent Mm -hmm. and I thought it was important that I get on a label, you know, Mm -hmm. or then I get a manager, which I still think, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but a manager is like a really good thing. If you have a good one, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, um, a booking agent is, is tough. I mean, nobody really likes that job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, a, I had, a, a I, I, I think I talked to some managers and some booking agents and I, and I got a, I, we had this publicity, uh, company in San Marcos. Mm-hmm. Um, these women were, were doing publicity for Terry Hendrix and, uh, and Randy Rogers, he he worked there. He was my mm-hmm. booking agent for a little while. Oh, that's he was funny. still in, yeah, he was still in college. He would use the name Randall Wade to book my shows. That was his middle name. And then he could be Randy Rogers, you know, when he yeah. played his gigs on the weekends. That's and, cool. And uh, yeah, I think it was pretty smart of him to do that. Uh, but I had a, I, had, I was, you know, I was, I had t- t- uh, Southwest Wholesale Music Distribution Company in Houston. They, they distributed a lot of Texas music. So my records were on that label. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that was how they would do things. And then, you know, was with CDs, people were still trying to (laughs) sell CDs. And so, so they would send my stuff out to, you know, Walmarts and everything, you know, and record stores. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure it would just sit there, you know, but that was the model then when, and I was kind of on the tail end of the, of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then uh, the public, the publicist would would send my stuff to radio and and stuff, and I would get interviews and stuff, and I would go and sometimes I would do stuff in Nashville or I got a gig and I got a tour in Italy one time, mm-hmm. and the guy bought some some records and then I came and played, um, but uh, you know, but I didn't play much outside of Texas, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, and that you know, was pretty much true until, uh, until I met Chris and we started working together and doing more shows outside of Texas. But, uh, most of my gigs were local. So, uh, you know, that's how it started was, was me hiring those people to, Mm -hmm. you know, and then working deals with, with me to, for, for record distribution and publicity. Mm -hmm. And I never could get a manager. Um, and they would also book shows. And then I got a booking agent, you know, sometimes she was able to get me on some pretty good gigs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the problem was, is I always had, you know, really good, uh, had some pretty loyal fans in Texas, but I had a hard time, uh, you know, drawing crowds in other places. Um, uh-huh. And it was kind of hit or miss, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, up until about, uh, I guess the early to mid two thousands, everything started to change with, uh, you know, with the way people started listening to music. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, 
you know, it was more DIY and then it has been ever since, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then, uh, you know, I, you probably know it. I, I think people are going back to that a little bit with younger people getting on labels now more. And, and, uh, you know, if somebody's really, uh, has something that they can, you know, can be a star or whatever, then I, I think that some people will still market them, you know, that mm-hmm. way. You know, I think, I don't think, I don't think that has changed. I, I think that, uh, but I think there's now more opportunity for, for people to do, you know, stuff on their own than there, yeah. than there was when I started, mm-hmm. you know, but I really think, man, if I had, a, if I had, a, if I had, if I was starting now, mm-hmm. um, I think I would be just, there's so many people playing that I, I would just, you know, when I, even when I started getting going, there weren't nearly as many people that were so good doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I thought that I, you know, I was one of the better ones, you know, of songwriting of my peers, mm-hmm. you know? So I, and until, uh, you know, until Hayes Carl came around then I was like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's really good. Is uh, what am I going to do now? You know, but I, but I, uh, but I felt like that, uh, I feel like now there, there's so many people that are really talented, coming up and, 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 uh, like yourself and all the other, you know, people that if I was just trying to get a leg up now, I think it would be really hard, you know, back then, uh, when I started, uh, you know, um, there weren't, it didn't seem like in this area, there were a lot of people doing, you know, Pat Green and Corey and, and Roger. And and, I mean, Terry was really great, Mm -hmm. but, uh, and they're all really good to what they do but i never thought that they were like their songwriting was the level that or that there was robert you know earl and uh, he was kind of in a class of his own mm-hmm. but uh but until like until i heard hayes uh i didn't hear anybody that i thought was a really really good songwriter who you know mm-hmm. who who was doing that so uh i would just say you know now there are so many good ones that uh that if i was trying to get started now with these same songs it would be It'd be really tough, you know, because yeah. I'd be up to pretty stiff competition, you know, because when I would do gigs in Austin back then in the late 90s and stuff in 2000s, you know, the people that that I first started playing around, they were it was a college crowd. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of those people that were more folky or more rock and roll, mm-hmm. it's kind of like they might have liked my songs, but they were in a whole different uh, style of music, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. Austin was Austin was different than College Station or or Fort Worth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's like, it's all kind of together because everybody can do it themselves, you know? So yeah, it's tougher. I think it would be tougher to get going now, you know? So, but luckily you're good enough to where you can break, you don't, it doesn't matter. So. I mean, I think those, those songs like on your, on your first album, I think they definitely still hold up today. I listen to that album all the time. Uh, oh, thanks man. I appreciate that. I guess kind of on that, a similar vein, I'd like to to know kind of how you and, and your music have changed from, you know, that first album to today. Man, I would just say that, uh, you know, the first album, all those songs just kind of, kind of, you know, kind of came out of me. I felt like it was just like, a, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't know I'd never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think those first two albums, the screen door and the South of town, they were all, I wrote them all kind of at the same time. Uh-huh. And, uh, by the time I got some of those later albums, I've been doing this a little while. And so I kind of knew what to expect. So everything wasn't as necessarily as exciting as, as it was in the very beginning, you know, mm-hmm. um, people like a brand new thing and a brand new sound and a brand new person. You know, they like to discover people, you know, mm-hmm. so that's a thing in the music that it's good for that. You know, if you've been around a while, it can be harder to, to excite people, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but not impossible, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, I would say that, um, in retrospect, I don't think that was necessarily the case that it all just came out of me like that. I think I had to work really hard. It's just, mm-hmm. It's just, it was all new. So I didn't ever know what that felt like, you know? Yeah. Um, doing that, you know? And, uh, and so, 
I think the struggles I've had is that I've at different times since then I've I've compared my other albums to those first two albums and thought, well, man, you know, it, my ego would say, hey, I can't do that as good again, mm-hmm. you know. So so what am I going to do, you know? And so sometimes the writing has is uh, I put that on the back burner um, mm-hmm. because I was afraid to try new things and and uh, you know where I was comp- I was I would edit myself. You, you know, uh, because I was afraid to fail, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, uh, when I started, you know, I didn't have any of that cause I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I can, if I can say anything, it's just that I, I'm trying to learn now to be more open to, to just letting it happen, happen, excuse me, <clears throat> instead of, uh, instead of trying to figure it all out. And, and edit myself and stuff. I, you know, if if I'm gonna, I think it's the same process as it was back then. I just maybe I have a little more understanding of the ebb and flow of it, you know. But I don't, mm-hmm. you know. But I I, uh, you know, I can. I think maybe I've gotten a little more selective to where, to where I will, I'll be more careful about putting a word somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as you mentioned, you know, earlier, you know, studying those great guitar players, I've, I've, I'm not really a musical guy, but I've, but I've learned a little more about chords and stuff. So mm-hmm. I've changed, I've tried to incorporate a little more musicality into my new, newer songs, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're a whole lot different than the first batch of them. Cause, but I think that, uh, I think some of the things that I've tried to do in the more recent albums is I've gotten a little more personal than I was back then, you know, um, because I've experienced life a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, and so maybe a little more personal in the songwriting, maybe a little more uh, poetic than I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I try to like kind of, you know, space the words out a little more, you know, in some of my song, my newer songs, I think to where with like the, the South of town and the red bandana blues, there was just a lot mm-hmm. of words, mm-hmm. which some, you know, a good amount of people like those. Um, but I, but I find that, uh, um, it's important to kind of, you know, like Guy Clark says, you know, it's almost as in, in Berlin talks about, you know, it's, it's about what you leave out of the song mm-hmm. just as much as what you put in there. So I, I think about that more, but then, I, but then, um, I try to avoid judging what I'm doing as much as I, I did, uh, at, at some times in my career where I was real hard on myself. If I didn't want to write anything, cause I was afraid it was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, those first two albums I said, you know, uh, well, man, that guy that did all that, uh, I'll never be able to do that again. And I was, I'm just a fraud, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I could say anything, it's just that maybe try not to, I try not to listen to that voice as much these days. Mm-hmm. The judge, the judging voice, mm-hmm. the self-critic. Yeah. I think it's important. You know, it, it can, it has a role to play, but mm-hmm. if far in, in the initial creative, I mean, I bet you know how it is when you, when you got a new thing going, you're excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you don't want a part of you to say, Hey, don't write that, you mm-hmm. know? Because that, that wouldn't be good, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, that's awesome. And I, I'd be really curious, Is uh, do you have any uh, any plans for new music coming out anytime soon? You know, I would like to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I've got, uh, I've got some new songs that I've written over the, you know, me and Chris wrote one, and mm-hmm. and I've written some a few others. Um, I, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to do something. I'm... I'm I'm curious to see how it'll shape up, but it's starting to come together. I, um, I, re- I just wrote one for my uncle that, uh, he just passed away that, that, uh, that he, he got to hear kind of on when he was passing away, they put it in his ear, you know, because, because some of my, uh, mentor said you should play it for him before he, you know, before he, before he dies, you know, cause he'll, he'll appreciate that, you know, even, you know, and uh and i did and uh 
so I've been thinking about stuff like that more, you know, kind of like, kind of like, you know, doing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, more, you know, relationships and stuff, you know, cause when I was a younger, I would just think about how I could get another gig or who I could impress, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so now I, I, uh, I mean, I still think about that stuff too, but, <laughs> but now I, I try to be a little more, uh, you know, I have different things I think about as far as wanting to be a, a better person, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what it'll be. I've, um, I've done some songwriting workshops with people. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, uh, so I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get something figured out here at some point. I'm just not quite to the point of making the record yet. Mm-hmm. You know, how about you? You got anything new coming? You, you just, you uh, just made one a couple of years ago, didn't you? Well, yeah, I, I released one just, uh, actually a couple of months ago, I did a new one and then, uh, I've got a, a new single that I just recorded that I wrote last year. So I, I think that's going to be out, uh, soon. Yeah. So I've got some, some new stuff and I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be really excited for, uh, whenever your new material comes out. And uh, I'd also like to, uh, ask you about uh, co-writing and when you when you started doing that and how you uh, incorporated that into your set of skills and yeah man it's funny I was just about to ask you the same question because I <laughs> I was watching your set at, at Corville's there and you were talking about a couple of guys that you write with you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know how it worked for me with that I think is that uh, uh, I think I had one one friend, one guy that I wrote with co-writing first, and it was this guy that was a Corey Morrow's guitar player named Brian Rung. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started helping me finish songs. He, he and I wrote The Girl with the Dirty Hair mm-hmm. and a couple of other ones. And then about the time when midway through my career, I guess, and I was, the stuff I was talking about earlier when I kind of started getting frustrated, I started reaching out to my friends to to write with. Mm-hmm. you know, because I kind of had a writer's block and I think it initially started with Ray Hubbard, mm-hmm. uh, reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I, you know, you know, I've been trying to write songs with younger people and I want to know if you want to do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I, I got to write a song with Ray mm-hmm. and then I, but then I also like, you know, uh, was talking to Hayes Carl's manager and he was saying how he sh- he was trying to get people to do gigs together and help each other and stuff. So, so I I started doing that with songwriting where I would get together with my buddies and you know I'd, I'd bring people like a um, couple of verses or maybe a verse and a chorus. Mm-hmm. I've never gone and done it where I didn't have anything and just you know just gone in cold like that. I've never mm-hmm. done that. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd enjoy that very much because, and I've never co-written with somebody I didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. it's always been for a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and a couple of people, uh, and most of the people I've written with, we, we we've done quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll say is that I think that, uh, just in general, I think my fans or whatever, usually, most of the stuff they like the most is the stuff I've written on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few uh, who that people love just as much that I've written with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the one thing that I that I have a hard time with is uh, is making sure that I honor the other person and not uh, you know uh, not take it away from them and give it to somebody else if if it's taken too long for them to finish the song or something you know mm-hmm. um but uh it just being creative you know people that are buddies of mine that just being excited to be around uh you know guys and gals that like to create and and having having that experience with people i think is more exciting than than uh even right and finishing the song i think it's just the Mm-hmm. the uh, thrill of the creativity and knowing that there's other people that enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think I heard Chris Christopherson say once that 
you kind of have to, if you're going to be a writer, you kind of have to hang out, you know, late at night with people like that once in a while, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's kind of how I approach that, you know? Um, and, uh, it got, and sometimes, sorry, (laughs) it got me out of a rut, you know, and, but yeah, that's about all that looks like the dogs finished my, finished my thought there for me. (laughs) I'm also uh, very curious about, you know, you've done, uh, some really cool things over the years. What are some of the experiences that kind of stick out? Oh, you mean like for gigs? Yeah. Yeah. Shows or, you know, uh, really uh cool people that uh you've met like uh uh songwriters that you really looked up to that you've gotten to meet or uh, like experiences in the studio you know just really cool experiences that kind of stick out right uh um you know i think every time i open for terry hendrix and lloyd mains i always Mm -hmm. just like it was just such a great gig to play with them and then i always like watch them and i was just like oh my god like how can i get as good as that you Mm -hmm. know and i would just study them and um as um i got to meet guy clark a couple times but not when i was playing a gig so it was just more as a fan Mm -hmm. you know so that was really intimidating i don't know that it was uh awesome uh but when i uh (laughs) I, I got to open for Ramblin' Jack Elliott. I would say that for me was kind of a milestone. Mm-hmm. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and met him and talked to him a little bit. Um, we had some kind of mutual friends in, in a way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's like meeting a, somebody out of a history book, you know, yeah. to me. Um, and uh, so meeting him and I got to open for Little Feet one time in Fort Worth. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got to open for Lucinda Williams. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, when I played in Italy, um, I got to do some shows with Terry Allen, mm-hmm. and um, and that was early on. That was like in '99. Yeah. So that might have been a. I think that was a real highlight because I because he was such a he is such a hero of mine that mm-hmm. that I kind of felt like well once I've done that now I can't. I can't top this because like this is the, you know, and I was afraid he would uh, tell me my songs were no good, you know, but actually he gave me some pretty good tips, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I talked to him every once in a while uh, and he still remembers that, that tour. So uh, it's kind of cool that he does, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You've done all these, all these cool things. You've accomplished so much. I'd, I kind of wonder that, you know, you've done so much. What do you kind of hope to, to work on in the future? Kind of hope to refine or, uh, you know, what are your kind of goals for the future? Man, I think that if I can, um, you know, I love playing, you know, at songwriter gigs and, you know, I enjoy, I really enjoy doing, doing shows with my wife and, and I like playing solo. And, um, if I can, uh, I think if I could do more stuff to help other writers with their music, mm-hmm. I think that's something lately that I've done that I didn't think I would like that I really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. So like being like a, like a song coach or whatever is um, mm-hmm. something I think I'd like to continue more of because being able to do that lately has shown me how much help I've gotten from, from people, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I sort of didn't, think about how you know how helpful people were to me and have been to me mm-hmm. and still are you know to, to make it possible for me to be able to have a music career you know mm-hmm. um so i think i'd like to maybe if i get a chance if people want me to you know i'd like to do more of that you know songwriting mm-hmm. workshops and working with the veterans at the soldier songs has, has been really good mm-hmm. for me yeah um i think that uh that i Honestly, man, I, I mean, I love playing. I, I I think I'd be I might be all right, Jack, if I didn't play anymore. But I I I definitely need to write and create stuff. So uh, um, if I can, you know, get those songs out there more, if other people do them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of make that my legacy, mm-hmm. then uh, I think that'll be a good goal to 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 uh, 
to, to you know, to get those songs out to more people. Mm-hmm. You know, my songs. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and your songs too. I hope that I hope you do too, because because you're good, man. Ah, well, thank you very much. And yeah, man. It's it's been a uh, really really nice getting to talk to you, getting to learn more about uh, you know, your your music and your life. Is there is there anything else that you'd like to to touch on? You know, and I think you pretty much. Uh, I think you pretty much covered it all. I mean, I think that uh, I I would say if there's anything I could say, it's just uh, I was talking to a lady about this the other day is that, you know, a lot of folks aren't as lucky as you and me. You know, they don't mm-hmm. they don't know what they're enjoy doing right away um, as much. And some of them, it takes them many years before they are able to do this singer songwriter music thing that they have loved all their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would just say to people, it's never too late. You know, if it's something mm-hmm. that you really love, you know? Yes. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I know I definitely did. Once again, I'm Jack Barksdale. This is Adam Carroll. You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Survival, and I hope to see you next time.